This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Blend, a podcast that does the Kessel Run in 11 parsecs every single time. Hey. <laughs> Actually, we're a live movie podcast that airs on Cinema Blend's Facebook page and then can be downloaded everywhere the popular podcasts can be found. My name is Sean O'Connell, and while I usually take this time to remind you guys all about our Twitter page, which is at Real Blend, or about the iTunes page where you can rate and review us, there is simply too much show today for me to waste on any of that. We have a major, major guest who we are very, very excited to get to. First, of course, we say hello to my illustrious Real Blend co-hosts, Kevin McCarthy, is the entertainment reporter for Fox Five in Washington D.C. So Kevin, handsome. How are you, sir? And hey, Jake. Good. Oh, Kevin. I'm sorry. Please say hello. No, I was just gonna say, awesome to talk to you, Sean. And I like your Star Wars shirt. That's a that's a cool one. I'm going to solo in a few hours, so I'm yeah. I'm dressed for that. And Jake Hamilton is the entertainment reporter for Fox 32 in Chicago. Jake, hello. Hey, what's up, man? I'm also going to solo in a few hours. Round two this time. Round two for you. Stop rubbing in my face. And when I tell you. We have a jam-packed show. I am not exaggerating. This weekend, a whole heck of a lot of you went to go see Deadpool 2. The sequel banked more than $300 million in global ticket sales. And the movie would not exist if our guest today, Mr. Rob Liefeld, didn't create the foul-mouthed and hilarious mercenary for hire. So (laughs) on the heels of Deadpool 2's enormous success, it brings us great pleasure to welcome Rob Liefeld to Real Blend. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. We are so happy that you're here with us, and we're so happy excited. that it's right on the heels of the, the film opening and the enormous success, and we want to dive into spoilers and talk about everything that you know about the creative process for the sequel. Um, yeah. So if you guys have questions, too, if you happen to be listening on the uh, on the Facebook page, if you're watching on the feed and have comments uh, or questions down below, drop them in there. Producer Gabe will get them to us, and we will get to Rob. But before we get to Deadpool, because we normally do news... And I was going to cut news short, and we were going to dive right into Deadpool chatter, but then news broke today that I need Rob's uh, comments on, his analysis on. Yeah. Um, we know there's a Spider-Man Homecoming sequel coming. <clears throat> How? Um, He's dead. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be strange for them to market this movie with a, um, a suddenly deceased Spider-Man. But we hear today that Mysterio <laughs> is going to be the villain uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Now, not confirmed, you know, in talks, but they want Jake Gyllenhaal for Mysterio. Rob, first off, is Mysterio a good villain for the next Spider-Man movie? And what are your thoughts on maybe Gyllenhaal's casting? Uh, you know what? I love Mysterio. I always have, uh, you know, really... Mysterio and Craven are like the last of the great Spider-Man villains to tap. Uh, it would be great if they were both in there. I, I don't know why I was totally sold on, on on Craven. Maybe he's still there. Maybe he's not. Mysterio is fantastic. More importantly, Jake Gyllenhaal is just an amazing actor, an amazing talent, an amazing present. Funny thing is, I was actually, I'm not trying to name drop, uh, Ryan Reynolds himself actually, and, and Jake are obviously very good friends uh, yeah. uh, from life and everything. And Ryan had invited me and my wife to a screening uh, supporting Jake's movie, Boston Strong. I think <laughs> yeah. it came out last year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because they were trying to get it some Academy buzz. It was like a, a, a private uh, screening that Ryan was showing for his friend Jake. So I got to meet them both. And I literally, I was sitting there going, I wonder when Jake is going to sign on to the superhero world. I did, I did not want to ask him about Batman because that, that, that was right when, I, I think about nine months ago, some of that Jake is being considered for Batman. But yeah. I think it's, it's just today. It's just, uh, it's, it's fun to, uh, hear that he is now he's in. I mean, I, look, I, I feel like if we're reading about this and they waited till today to post it, uh, yeah. which I think is strategic three to four weeks after infinity war. I mean, it's probably a done deal and I think it's great. And it only speaks to the level of talent that is coming to these. And I can't wait to see how, you know, how they introduce him, how they pull him off. But you, you guys already said it. I'm like, <clears throat> Hey, what do you mean there's a Spider-Man sequel, guys? Come right. on. Yeah. I, I told my I told my kids when we left Infinity War, they're like, Dad, what do you think? I said, I think you should avoid the um on-set photos of Spider-Man 2 
all summer long. Because right. uh, otherwise, it, it's a little harder to buy yeah. than this movie, right? <laughs> Rob, I saw you at the Avengers premiere. I met your son. It was a, yeah. it was a great, yeah. it was a great night. Um, great seeing all, you always. It's always great seeing you. And I feel like we, <laughs> I feel like everyone was in pure shock when that film ended. Uh, yes. As somebody who is involved in comic books and clearly mm-hmm. has created some of the greatest characters of all time, do you have any theories in your mind with about what they might do to? bring these characters back? Do you have an idea of like, I've heard theories from, I hope they don't do the stupid time stone. I don't want them to rewind it. I I want them maybe like, there's some quantum realm elements. Do you have any idea of what they might do with it? Okay, have you heard the theory that everyone that faded is alive and the people that are there are dead? Have you heard that one? What? I believe that one. I think if you look at who who disappeared. I'm I'm telling you right now, that's what I have subscribed to. That everyone that faded they actually left the, that's them being removed from the dead realm. And when, oh. I mean, look, man, it sucks so bad because like <laughs> so many shows, like Lost, like True Detective, the theories might turn out to be better than what we get. And it happens a lot because theories well, are I great, liked Lost. But, no, no, me too, me too, me too. But we are, we are the two guys. Who, <laughs> I will stand up. <laughs> Things I will fight for in my life. Kobe Bryant. The lost finale. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so the thing you. is, um, the thing is that uh, I, 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 either way, but I love that theory that everyone that peeled away is actually you've you've got it in reverse. They're living, and everyone we saw That's at the end who we think is safe is dead with Thanos. But anyway, um, wow. That's that's what I'm hoping for. If either way, either way, the people who are gone on either side. Kevin, I believe that we're going to see them in some lavender-tinted realm, pink right. realm. I think they're all going to be gathered together and have to process their way out. Now, cut to the Russo brothers on the couch laughing, somehow seeing this right now going, ah! <laughs> that light bulb is a moron. <laughs> look, man, look, man, I'm just putting it out there like everybody else. I have no idea what's going to happen. Rob, I do, yeah. But, but, but it, what's interesting is I was, on a, I was on the bus to the Deadpool 2 screening, and I was talking to a buddy of mine who was sitting in front of me, and he had this theory. I can't remember. Actually, I was talking to my buddy of mine named Dan, and his friend next to him had this theory about the quantum realm, and that in Ant Man and the Wasp, we may or may not find out that maybe in that that's where they went, and that's where it, and that maybe is an idea of how they have to save them, and maybe Tony and Cap have to sacrifice themselves. I've I mean I've I've heard that theory too, which is actually interesting. I just don't know if that's even possible to do. If if that's true, then they they are wizards on another level yeah. with what they're doing. I mean, I just you know I'd like to think that Ant Man and the Wasp. I, I got to be honest, it's one of the things that I thought would benefit Deadpool was that it was just its own self contained story, and we've had so many sagas lately that we invest in these chapters and live from the next chapter to the next chapter. And look, Marvel has made a brilliant look. I, I can go on all day long complimenting what. Kevin Feige and everybody is there done. They, they, I tell my 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 kids, you, you realize you're not going to see an Avengers movie or a Black Panther movie or a Captain. You're going to see the next chapter in the expanded Marvel saga. They right. they that's what they've done to their their universe. That's why we all show up. I would love for Ant Man and the Wasp to be just its own self contained thing because dude, I need it. I need it honestly. Aren't yeah. we all st- Infinity War? I, it screwed me up, man. I, I I knew I'd be devastated. I did not know I would be so confused. No. Yeah. So, you know, confused and devastated, not a good look. Huh. Not a good look. <laughs> we were look. all shocked. I was, yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, we had Rob on because we want to talk Deadpool 2. And we want to talk. And maybe this is why, Rob, is that why you created a, a hero who, how, can Deadpool be killed? <laughs> is there any way that no, Deadpool look, can be look, killed? No, look, look, I've I've been really, look, I, 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 I appreciate what you said at the beginning, too. Because I got to be honest, man, I read a lot of just flat out bullshit um if 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 deadpool with his time control machine goes back and shoots me in the head deadpool's done you can shoot anyone else you he came from my mind formed onto the page the way marvel comics does their contracts is whoever scripts the book or help then they get a piece a a piece um i was an awesome lottery ticket to so many people for so long but the creative force behind the turnaround of the new mutants the creation of x-force all those characters the guy you're talking to, uh, the guy who has the 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 the, the contracts back in 1991 to back it up. Um, that said, introducing him, it was inevitable 
he was a Marvel character and he would have versions of him just as what I'm leading up to Wolverine, who mm. was my inspiration. Look guys, back behind me is that, is that spinner rack. And when I was a kid, the book that I ignored all the time was the X-Men. It was a boring book. If, if anyone who has video of me at a convention in the last six years, and I howled in Deadpool because I pick on one character, I pick on one X-Men character all the time. And he was part of the original lineup. But I tell people all the time that the X-Men, the original five X-Men were very boring. Now, they, they as, as your viewers may or may not know, they were canceled. They were ultimately canceled. They, they stopped producing new X-Men comics. And for three and a half years, the book was just reprints. They just reprinted the existing and they didn't have the new X-Men characters. In oh, 1975, wow. in 1975, depending on what story you believe, uh, there's a lot of great legends of why this team was brought together and... The legend is, and it's in some Marvel history books, that they wanted to have an international comic book. So they they said, well, the X-Men is currently not being used. And that's why uh, Storm is African, Nightcrawler is German. They took Wolverine, who was in the Hulk briefly, as Canadian. Ru Colossus is Russian. They wanted to build out their international appeal. Well, that book lands, and Wolverine, from that day, actually from that day in Hulk, all the way through, became my very favorite character. The healing factor, the Weapon X, all the background. Yeah. So when I created Deadpool, look, I've told people I went and saw twin twins, and for the, your your uh, your 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 uh, viewers, you don't know what that was. Arnold Schwarzenegger, biggest movie star on the planet at the time, Danny DeVito. stars with Danny DeVito, and you guys, the marketing. I, I got to show you this. I, my wife, when I was a kid, stole this from me. Um, we were just dating. Um, <laughs> That is That's me awesome. and my twin Standy. She wow. ran out of the theater with that into the car, the getaway car, and she said that she was being tailed. So I that movie meant a lot to me. Arnold and Danny, and in, at the end of the movie, because it's the big question: How are they twins? How are these guys? And they, it's the journey they go on. And the doctor finally says to Arnold, "Well, you're the good stuff." And then he says, and, and, and you're the, 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 all the genetic material refined. And, and Danny DeVito says, but what am I? And he goes, you are the crap. And Danny DeVito goes, I'm the crap. And Schwarzenegger goes, you're the crap. You're the crap. I'm so sorry. And you go, and I said, I got it. Wolverine in this scenario is Arnold. And because I he's Weapon X, Weapon 10. I said, Marvel, do we have this correct? Weapon X is Roman numeral 10? They said, yes. I said, and we've seen not one through nine? They said, no, we haven't seen one through nine. I said, then Deadpool is the guy right before. He's the Dan DeVito. They, sure. He's burned, he's scarred, he looks like shit. It's because they hadn't refined it yet. And Marvel, by that time, because of the success of Cable and the New Mutants, they said, I, I kid you not. They were like, yeah, whatever, go with it. Yeah, cool. Okay, whatever you want. I said, so I can tie him to Wolverine, my favorite character of all time? Yeah, good. Okay, fine. Um, and honestly, let's let's be honest, man. Because of that, he's in Wolverine Origins. Yeah. That because they're connected. When they did a Wolverine solo movie, they include Deadpool, which sets us on this journey. But um, no, I mean the th the great thing is I just wanted to have this kind of, and 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 say that at that point, the reason we haven't seen Weapon One through Nine is because they all got screwed up and they're batshit crazy, and it turned Deadpool crazy. And 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 what he did is he used his powers that he created, got got in the process to be a mercenary and a contract killer. And so, and, and I told Marvel, because Spider-Man at the time was very dark. Everyone had taken him to the Frank Miller Dark Knight place. Everybody wanted to, they wanted to do to Spider-Man what they did to Dark Knight. And when I was growing up on this spinner rack, the Spider-Man that I grew, that I grew up reading was a smart ass. He made jokes when he hit you, when he, you know, uh, uh, it was always one-liners. And I figured, I don't need another straight guy, uh, a straight man, I have that in cable. So opposite him, we designed Deadpool. He took most male Marvel publishing ever had on a character in 15 years. Um, and that's why Deadpool is in X-Force number two. Between those two appearances also, he sold two and a half million copies. Uh, th that was when the audience was at the absolute massive you know, expansion. So I'll take a breath and you can gather... <laughs> And ask me your next question because I talk a lot. In regards to Sean's question, though, about whether or not Deadpool can die, uh, on, on so on top of that, healing factor, two, healing factor, right, right. No, so I, he cannot die. So there's two parts to that. So my my wife and I were watching the sequel, and we were she was wondering, and I guess we're in spoiler territory. Um, oh wait, yeah, Kevin, his, hold on, hold on. Let me say that out loud for people who are watching the okay. Facebook feed who maybe stumbled into this. We are going to get into Deadpool two spoilers. Rob, how many times have you seen it? Uh, I saw it the sixth time uh, last Friday night. Yeah. Awesome. Six times. 
Good. We're going to ask specific things about the movie. Yeah, uh, and, and look, I'll say it right now. People, just just turn it off if you haven't seen it. Don't go yeah. any further. We yeah. want to be responsible. I hate spoilers. Right, There's yeah. way too many of them. There's way too many of them out, out there. None of us want to ruin the movie at all. So, Kevin, go the, ahead. You're, you're the, the question my, my wife had was, when, uh, w- when the legs grow back, uh, yes. how come they don't grow back with the scar, or without the scars? Um, because the process... He was seared in the process, and the searing was part of the process. And it's the only part that is unhealed. It's it's like, it, it it's the searing. I I know if if he could heal himself, then we have no problem. And he's beautiful, and he doesn't go hunt Francis down and try and kill him because right. he feels like he can't. You know, Vanessa won't like him. But no, it was part of the. It was part of the. I I, I can. I can explain this more in depth if I go back to my notes, Kevin. Yeah. I don't have them in front of me. This is my wife's question, the, not mine. No, the, the short answer is the process that made him cannot be undone, but the okay. after effect of the process is is always in full effect. Interesting. Uh, he will always come back with that um, scar. What's it called? That that coat of paint. That yeah. that's not going anywhere. Okay. Um, let me get one in, Rob. Uh, are there mutants that we might recognize in the icebox sequence who don't get named? You know what? I, I thought there were that, that all that stuff was being filmed when I was on set. And you know that there was so many of them in those yellow um, um, jumpsuits. And I'm telling you when they would take a break or they would go have meals together and they would wander through like the sound stages. I got to be honest, man, I was creeped out. I'm like, that guy's going <laughs> to jump me. That guy's going to jump me. They look, I mean, those guys were really, and, and, Men and women were really great. Uh, they they were committed, but I did not recognize anyone outside of as we can now say. Spoiler, spoiler, Juggernaut and and Black Tom. Gotcha. Mm. Very cool. Um, and and I'll, again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna, add, I'm gonna add this right. I'm gonna add this real quick. And I hope they don't get mad at me. I've talked to David about it. The movie's out. There is a completely different sequence with Black Tom um, that they filmed. I was there. I watched it. I will not spoil that sequence. That um, what you see in the film is not what I saw the day I was there. And I got to tell you, I think it's one of the best. It's a great, it's a great, it's an extended action sequence between himself and Deadpool. Uh, it didn't make the cut. When I saw the movie in February, I asked David and they said, yeah, we just thought for time purposes, we just went in another direction. But I, I there is no way on God's green earth. They're not putting that on the DVD on the DVD. But, awesome. but Black Tom and Deadpool had a, had an extended fisticuffs. Uh, and I will not go further than that on the convoy, and it's awesome. Oh, so, and, and, and you'll see when you see it. I can't go any further. It is, and it it's great. He does so get dismissed sure, pretty pretty quickly. He gets dismissed yeah. faster than I thought he would. And then David Leach is in the convoy too. You see his cameo. David oh, Leach is on it. that. That was with so his, cool. With his mullet. With yeah, his mullet. I love it. <laughs> that was I love awesome. It. <laughs> it looks great. Right, go uh, ahead, Rob, I'm going to ask this next question once again, reinforcing that we're talking spoilers, but I'm also going to phrase it in such a way. So that my fiance, who is in the room, doesn't have it spoiled for her because she hasn't had a chance to okay. see the movie yet. <laughs> There's a uh, a particular cameo that we see within the X Force who yes. runs into some power lines, and it, the <laughs> the entire theater erupted whenever we saw yeah. who this particular person was. I'll let Kevin and Sean say the name out loud since you can't hear them. Um, well, but, uh, he plays Vanisher. We can say that. Yes, he plays Vanisher. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the story behind how you guys ended up getting him on set, and is there a chance that? Potentially, because of the way the film ended undoing everything, could we see more of him in the future? Uh, those are all, I know, the in, whatever with him in the future is way above my pay grade. <laughs> but uh, I know that, uh, as some of your viewers won't know, and I know Kevin has pointed out to his his viewership, I've watched this weekend, and it's safe to say, uh, David Leitz got his start as Brad Pitt's stunt double. They have a friendship that extends yeah. many years. Uh in the first cut uh, in February, that that was not in there. I mean, here's the here's here's the great thing. Um, the battle on the convoy where Cable is shooting Deadpool uh, at close range and he's cutting the bullets, that is added. That was added in the reshoots. And I just want, I if we could, you know, it, it'd be awesome if if at the end of this people would understand that reshoots are not problematic. Right. <laughs> they they had tested the movie by the time David showed me the cut. The movie had gotten to 96. I was there at the end of Deadpool 1 in the lobby in December of 2015 when they they had gotten up into the high 80s and I was at the last test screening. And I will, this will be a chapter in my book. Uh, Ryan was not there on, 
at that last screening, but everyone else was. And Ryan emailed me that night in December and said, Rob, I want your take. And I said, oh, I'll give you my take. And he <laughs> said to me, you didn't write me a take. You wrote me a phone book. It was <laughs> it, the way the drama played out that night. The audience wasn't giving audible reactions. And everyone assumed that the, that their, the score was actually going to go down. I'm going to cut to the end after the uh, focus groups. People had already filled out their cards. The president of uh, Fox called everybody together and said, guys, we've gotten the highest score in the history of Fox. This beat Avatar. We have a 92. Wow. And everybody jumped. I mean, Rhett Reese hugged me. <laughs> uh, Rhett is very reserved. He and is. He, and he blurted yeah. something about Zombieland and its <laughs> test score as he hugged me that I can't quite recall. But it was just like the emotion, the excitement, and everybody was thrilled. Everybody was thrilled. You have to know that when David Leach showed me the cut in February, the movie had already scored 96. It had gotten 96 twice. But they were going to test it one more time, but they wanted to add in what, what the audiences had told them. And what the audiences had told them in two test screenings was, we want more Domino, we want more cable. Ryan had emailed me and said, hey, buddy, you're going to love hearing how much people love cable and Domino. We're going to put more of them in. Mm -hmm. So that extended, there's Domino's action in that convoy scene was ex extended and cable and Deadpool, that little sequence they have was a product of reshoots because they wanted to give people more. What I wish fandom would understand, sometimes the reshoots are to refine what is already great. Right, exactly. Because these, these studios now, they get it, they know what they're doing, they get the process, and I'm telling you, Domino's role in the movie, there are, I can tell you, I won't spoil them, Zazie told me every little bit she added, and I mean, over the time you go, man, all those little added bits did add up to a significant chunk for her, um, because the audiences loved her, they just loved her. So, um, Going back to The Vanisher, I am 100% certain they told me he was a reshoot added. Um, and I think probably something that, you know, they probably done on the Fox lot, probably mm -hmm. done not in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. um, and I know the first time I saw it with people, they, they, they literally flipped out. They <laughs> literally. I mean, it's a shock, right? Isn't it, it is. a shock? Yeah, literally, literally a shock. Literally a shock. Literally yeah, literally. Shock. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you, thank you for letting me awkwardly uh, ask that question yeah. because I don't yeah, want to yeah, ruin yeah. it for my fiance who's on the other side of the condo right now. I got it. So All Rob, right. I think I, I think this question's already been answered, but and, and we're gonna move on to Sean's question real quick. But uh, just the, you don't even have to go into full detail on this, but we were just wondering yes or no um, with the ending credit scene uh, and the idea of him going back and doing what he does. Yeah. Does that mean that Vanessa and all those characters, Peter and everybody, are all still really alive? Um, I, I believe, from what I understand, that Vanessa is alive. Uh, with okay. great certainty. And I'm going to tell you guys, uh, let's give a shout out to Morena. Yeah. She, yeah. in my yeah. opinion, holds both movies together. Yeah. Her chemistry with, with, uh, with, with, with uh, Ryan is, is the whole franchise is built on that. Yeah. And uh, they took a risk. Uh, I know they wanted to test the movie as early as they did because they knew that what they were doing in the first 10 minutes with Vanessa was probably the most hot button thing that they were doing. So they wanted to see how people reacted to that. But uh, no, Morena and Ryan, uh, I, I believe are, are, I believe she's going to be around. And, and, I, and so too. I know talking to Morena, she has ideas of, you know, what, what, what could, could happen well, next. Can, so, can we say copycat? Can we, is that uh, a word we can throw uh, you around? Know what? You can say it. I won't say it. <laughs> that, that way I have plausible, plausible deniability, Deniable, right? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let me ask about a character who I know you love, um, and that is um, Shatterstar. Yeah, so, sure. It's a fantastic uh, joke. <laughs> it's a really yeah. long setup for him to get, uh, spoiler alert, uh, he gets His demise, right. killed immediately. Uh, are you disappointed <laughs> to see a character um, like that who you know has so much potential and introduces so many great wrinkles. Just Sean, get, Sean, yeah. here's the dilemma of being me, being Rob. Uh, yeah. I, it, it, it happens in politics too. I am a on the fence guy. I see both sides of every argument almost every single time out. I, 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 uh, I weigh them all very carefully. So the Shatterstar introduction in, and, 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 and his, uh, 
<laughs> Can we call it his arc? His arc in the film? <laughs> his all-important arc in the film? I think uh, when, I, when, I, when I was, it was presented to me, I understood it, I got it, and I'm going to tell you why. The movie to me is about Cable, Domino, and Deadpool. They are the sure, uh, right. above the you know the, they're the above the title names. They're your stars. They're the the characters that w were the result of uh, extensive uh, casting, mm -hmm. you know, searches. I mean, if you only knew all the guys who who tried to be Cable, I mean, that was the hottest role in Hollywood, and yeah. I and I'm so glad they got it right. But with Shatterstar, I also have a. A, a note from one of the producers that says, dude, we undid that timeline, you know, at the end of the credit. I mean, look, I, I believe everything in the movie has semi been undone. Even if you go, oh, they only went back and featured, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. They only <laughs> went back and featured Peter. Right. But you know, butterfly right. effect, man. If you touch the time stream, you're going to get different results. Yeah. So uh, the great <laughs> thing about it, and I know, you know, I'll, I'll, Obviously, I did an appearance, a couple appearances this last weekend, and uh, have gotten to know Louis Tan, and he's also on Into the Badlands. They have a great actor there. They have a great physical presence and actor. But yeah. here's the deal: if we never see Shatterstar again, you know, the the franchise is about Deadpool now, Cable, Domino, preeminently, and 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 as it should be. I mean, uh, the Avengers rotates around the two Chris's and Downey Jr. Everyone else. <laughs> is on the carousel with them, but they're the engine that drives everything. And I feel the same way about this movie. But look, I thought it was funny. I mean, that, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm like, how am I so okay with this? The only problem, <laughs> Sean, is I was told to say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. Do not reveal. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good with Fox. Fox treats me great. I'm not going to say anything. Then they kind of glimpsed him in one of the trailers. And they said, Rob, still say nothing. Say nothing. So now I have an entire internet coming at me. Was that Shatterstar? Was that... Say nothing, say nothing, Rob. And so then I'm cool. I'm signed on. I'm saying nothing. My wife and I were on the couch. We're watching the NBA playoffs. In between one of the games, the commercial comes on. Cut to, I'm Shatterstar. What? Wait. <laughs> the embargo's broke? So now we can talk Shatterstar? So so I'm I'm like, I just go, oh boy. And trust me, I have been erasing comments off all my social medias now for four days. Um, there, I, you would say that there is perhaps a contingent that's not very happy. And then I get asked, how can you condone this? And I go, guys, uh, here's the deal, man. There's, there's, there's always the comics and the toys and all these other ways that, that this world, that these yeah. characters exist. Sure. It's, it's also a joke. Out. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. you know, in the, in, in the David, uh, oh, no, no, not David. I'm sorry. Um, who guys help me out. Who made the, the three Batman films that everybody loves so much? Christopher um, Nolan. Christopher Nolan. In Christopher <laughs> Nolan's in Christopher <laughs> Nolan's Batman died. universe, thank you. In Christopher Nolan's Batman universe, Ray Ghoul trained Batman. Yeah. In that universe only, not in the comics. Right. Movies. I just I just divorce them. Movies, comics, they're different. Separate. Shatterstar. It was great seeing him. It was fun. That's awesome. J cool. Jake, you're up, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so the next question uh, I'm gonna ask. Kind of knowing that you probably won't be able to answer it, but it's keeping me up at night, so I have to ask it. Uh, a lot okay. of publicity around a Disney joke that was cut from the film. Uh, yeah, I'm tell just... me about that. Tell me about that. No, no, no. I, I have not read about it. I saw, I see the headlines, but I don't. I haven't had time. Oh, then, then that, that doesn't give me much hope for my question. But the question being that because of the, the Disney-Fox merger, that there was a joke about Disney that was in the yeah. film that was cut out not official, but some saying that it was cut out so as to not tick off Disney in case the merger ended up going through, which now it's looking like it's going to, was just sort of curious as to whether or not, if you knew what the joke was. Because that's the big question is, what was Here's the joke the deal. that was I, I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of the jokes. Like I said, I saw a lot of stuff that didn't make it into the film, um, some really rich material. I don't know this particular joke, but I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm curious. I just don't think Fox cares. I, if it was cut... I don't know why it was cut. Maybe maybe it was Ryan's decision. I really am, am operating in the dark here, but I don't... The Fox that I know does not care about the merger as it exists right now. They are they moved this movie right in between Avengers and Han Solo in what was a very controversial move. Um, they don't care. They're pretty reckless. I like it about them. They're, they're like, they're feeling more rogue than ever. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the other thing is... Uh, It'll be really interesting with Deadpool 2 going into the Memorial Day weekend. I mean, I'm very excited. I think it's going to do bonkers business. Look, yeah. Solo will win the weekend. I want to see Solo. I, I grew up, I, I, saw, I saw Star Wars nine years old, 1977. Saw it 35 times that year. 
that, that summer alone. It was my babysitter. My parents were like, see you on set. We'll see you at the end of Saturday. We'll see you at the end of Sunday. You know? So anyway, <laughs> we awesome. all had that experience. It, 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 yeah. it, it's what bonds all of us. But the thing is that, uh, that you know, a, a giant holiday frame like this plays to multiple movies. Yeah. And I think Deadpool is going to do extremely well, um, which is why they did what they did. They wanted to get it in front of Memorial Day. So I just, I just, the, the Disney, I just don't think Fox cares. I, I'm, I may be reading the room wrong. I just don't think they care. Rob, as a quick follow-up to that, and I know Kevin has a question after that. Um, yeah. Because you've now established Deadpool in two movies and there's a, there's a, a f- hilarious uh, Dark Phoenix cameo, you know, of the X-Men team. That's the yeah. first time that I actually guffawed out loud in the movie when Me they too. all showed Me up. Me too. Me too. Hilarious. Hilarious scene. Um, do you want to see your baby in the MCU? Is that important to you? Uh, if if it's, I'll be honest. So, do I want to see uh, Deadpool in the MCU only if Ryan calls the shots? I don't care. Like I'm, you know, I I, I just. I'm, I already told you guys I'm 50 years old or I'm going to say it again because I love saying it. My kids hate hearing it. They go, Dad, if you say you're 50. I love it. I'm 50. I made it to 50. Here's the deal. I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, if, if what I say gets me in trouble, if Ryan is not the guy who is um, helming that ship, uh, I, I don't, who cares? Right. Like, uh, do if Ryan is given everything he deserves uh, and they say you can do your own thing over here under Disney, and let's say that goes through. So now I cannot imagine a world where the reaction, if on stage, let's say a Hall H, let's say a D23, clearly one of the places this will happen, Ryan coming out as Josh did last year. Because man, last July or late June, my feed blew up D23. Brolin comes out with the assembled cast of Infinity War, but he looks like Cable. And this yeah. is what the internet said for like five, oh my gosh, Brolin as Cable is there promoting Thanos. Holy, <laughs> and that's, and he always buffed and you could see everyone going, Brolin, what happened to you? You're like, you're so ridiculously jacked. <laughs> Can you imagine that same scene? Ryan walking out to shake hands with Downey Jr. Yeah. I mean, I think the world would go bazonkers. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, I, and, and I, and, and look, seeing him, having him interact with them, I, I think is next level billion dollar, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how that doesn't work out spectacularly well, but I'm going to go back. You got to, I really believe Ryan, who has invested so much of himself in both movies and people don't understand, he, he, he is all but directing, you know, these movies. Uh, th- this sequel, he poured everything yeah. he could into it. And I just think uh, they got to, I don't know that. And, and the thing is, you look at Marvel and, and there's really only been one captain of that ship. So, I would hope that they go, Ryan, you have your own fleet of ships. Mm-hmm. They're right over here. Uh, we have the Santa Maria and you have whatever, the SS Deadpool. So <laughs> Awesome. You know, Rob, uh, in the, when I talked to you on the carpet in New York, we discussed the, uh, and I hadn't seen the film until, until that yeah. night. Uh, about the joke about you. Now, in the initial film, yeah. the first movie, that they, they had your name in the opening yeah. credits, that awesome slow-mo thing Tim Miller did. Yeah. Uh, and then in this movie, they make a joke about your ability to draw feet as a comic book artist. Sure. Um, can you talk about how that came about? Uh, you said you mentioned Ryan called you up to make sure you're okay with it. And what, yeah. what is the context there? I, I never noticed or, no, or no, no. knew there was a thing okay. about feet. So, Kevin, no, the, here's the thing. The three things that I have co-opted in the comic book world, I created pouches. They did not exist before me. So, SWAT and 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 army men and and police officers they never had them they did not exist I own pouches I created them not true but fans that's that's uh, next thing I can't draw feet I am the only person to ever obscure them Frank Frazetta didn't do it Mike Mignola didn't do it Silvestri Jim Lee nobody it's me so feet pouches and then uh, there's something else I can't think of but at least those are the things that I own um, and here's the deal. In that joke, you gotta understand that joke about feet is a joke inside a joke because Deadpool is making fun of Domino's luck power because he thinks it's a ridiculous idea. (laughs) And I told Ryan that when I was at Marvel, Domino, I always love playing the game Domino's. That's why she is black and white. And and those are her only two color schemes because she reflected an actual domino. And I used to love playing dominoes because I'd build them out. I'd spend an hour building a trail and then you don't know which way it's going to break. So it comes down to chance and luck and, you know, probabilities. Yeah. So I called up Marvel. I said, hey, I'm also introducing this character named Domino. 
Well, what'd she do? I said, she's lucky. All right, cool. Go with it. That's cool. <laughs> and I go, that's it. I had, a, I had a full green light for anything. I never got, after Cable success and then Deadpool, Domino was, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So I told, I told Ryan, it's funny that you are, you know, um, that, that you say all this stuff about luck. Because when I was pitching it to Marvel, I didn't think they were going to buy it. Because it does sound ridiculous. What is a luck power exactly? Uh, she changes probabilities is probably how I, you know, said it. But long story <laughs> short, Deadpool is mocking her. And it's my favorite sequence, Kevin. She, he's saying how uncinematic her power is as it's the most cinematic moment. In <laughs> she, lands, she lands directly in the truck, in the chair. All of the um, cars are exploding around her. That one overhead shot where it's flying over her head. It yep. couldn't be more cinematic as he's saying... Those powers aren't cinematic. And then he's like, what kind of cracked out coke? So Ryan says, hey, dude, is this line cool? I just want to learn it by you. I said, Ryan, I love it. I love taking the piss out of things. And here's the deal. My kids, I have three teenagers, 14, 15, and 18. They take the piss out of me all day long. All I do is get mocked and, 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 and diminished because they're teenagers. And I'm their dad. And they talk shit to me all day long. So I said, why wouldn't my characters talk shit to me too? And Kevin, I honestly, I honestly, it was a badge of honor. I love it. I love that awesome. it's there. I, I totally dig it. But I love that it's inside. Of, like Deadpool is running multiple commentaries. Her powers are stupid. And then what kind of idiot me comes up with stupid powers <laughs> that shouldn't be working. But as we're saying this, are working spectacularly. She's the best part of the movie. I'm sorry, Ryan and Josh. I love you. I love you both. <laughs> Zazie kills it. Yeah. She owns. She yeah. owns. Yeah, she really does. All right. Allow me uh, the opportunity to get a little bit crazy with um, theory speculation. Okay. We don't hear a whole heck of a lot uh, in the movie about Cable's wife beyond the yeah. fact that her sense of humor reminds her a bit <clears throat> about, uh, right. about Wade. And yeah. Wade goes back and saves Vanessa and says they're going to name their baby Cher. Uh, does that baby somehow continue to the lineage of Cable and potentially maybe even be Cable's wife? Um, oh. Wow. Whoa, Whoa. Dude, way above my pay grade. Sean, <laughs> congratulations. That's better than the Avengers theory. Holy, <laughs> holy. Wow. See, that's the thing. See, here's the deal. Let's imagine? go back to teenagers. I don't have time. I don't even have time to speculate. Um, that's really good, Sean. I got. I got. We're gonna tap right here. I'm gonna tap you. That's a really good one. That's a good one. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You know, it, I. I love my. The thing about cable that I dig is, and, and this, you know, I was at K Rock last week, uh, doing. Uh, it's a local station out here in L A. And I was doing promotions for the movie. And the manager, before I went on, he turned to me and he said, hey, "I saw Deadpool movie." He said, "Hey, what's up with Cable? What's what's his story? I just I've just encountered him for the first time." And what's up with Domino? And you understand, to a guy like me, that's thrilling. That's thrilling. They're now encountering him. They want, want to know more. So I told him, look, you actually encountered Cable the way the audience in comics did. He's a man of mystery. What's his story? What's behind this? And because just like Wolverine, Wolverine, you got to understand, the reason he was so excited, popular in the comics was his rich backstory that they took years to unfold. I followed the same thing with Cable. The biggest key Reveal in Cable's character didn't come for two years. We waited mm. two years. I waited two years to tell you. Mm. Um, I love that he arrives in the Deadpool movie with very little uh, backstory, with very little kind of uh, for you to adjust. It's just he's there. He says, I'm Cable. <laughs> I'm here for the kids. You know, I mean, and, and, and they're rolling. Oh, he, oh I, I can do a better one. I just got to work up to it. He's so good. He told me, he said, I love playing this character, Rob. I love it. Um, and I'm like, good, because we want to see you again many times. Uh, no, I just think uh, he, and in, in the comics, he entered he entered the picture in a fortified citadel, battling a bunch of soldiers, trying to get to his target. In the movie, he enters a fortified citadel. I mean, I, I'm like, this is, there, there's, there are so many nods to the comic book. There's a lot of X-Force 3 in this comic, a lot of X-Force 3 and 4, a lot of New Mutants 87. This comic is rich, and because of Ryan, uh, the writers, Rhett and Paul, uh, David, Simon Kinberg, the book really reflects so strongly. People, fans tell me all the time how they think this is one of the most faithful comic book adaptations, you know, consistently now through two, two movies. But, dude, what they do, with that was that is weird. If he's somehow related to Deadpool, I may have to... Hmm. 
jump out of a, <laughs> a helicopter. But um, I'm not sure I'm ready for that one, Sean. But good, good theory. Thank again, you. I just, All right, I, I love I'll take it. There, I think that you could. I think there's a lot of cable story to tell, and I hope they take their time. Good. You know, Rob, um, Jake, are you next or who's no? Next? It's all you, brother. Last all one, right. Kevin, and then we're going to give Rob one. a break, and we're going to dive into David Fincher's movies, and Rob can take a breath and join the conversation. Okay. okay. And he's been. I great. love it, guys. With the first Deadpool, obviously Stan Lee was in the strip club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a great camp. I think that's probably my favorite Stan Lee cameo. It was just such Mine too. A perfect. It was so good. <laughs> um, in this, in Deadpool two, he's just on a side of a building as a as a yeah. as a as an artist painting drawing. It was something that something I know I know we we know what's going on in the news of Stan Lee. Did it have anything to do with him not being in the film because of his health or, or what, what what happened there? No, I can tell you I, I actually know a lot about this. Um and it's really um unfortunately it's super boring. It just came down I, I know the three days that Stan was scheduled, then rescheduled, then rescheduled. Um he just had a very busy packed schedule, and then I know I can tell you maybe even the Deadpool people will find out for this, because I know all of Stan's people. Um, up until when they weren't his people anymore uh, a few months ago. But during this time, they very much wanted to get him to Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, the, the production shifted some dates. Uh, he couldn't make the first one. The rescheduled, the rescheduled date for Stan to shoot his cameo in Deadpool was the day they needed him on set for the Vanity Fair um, all-Marvel character uh, oh, photo wow. shoot. So if you're Stan, you, I know he wanted to be in Deadpool. He did want to make that... Um, what was he, the so, scene? Do you know the Do you know the scene he was going to do? Uh, I actually I, I don't want to say what the scene was. I just okay. know he was absolutely in, uh, there. He was on the books, um, and he ended up having to be with his um, genuine creations uh, for yeah. that really. I mean, a really seminal photo event. Um, so I know that they, they were they were trying to make it work down to the last minute, but they just couldn't be there and then fly there in Atlanta because it was a two day commitment. I know then there was talk of rescheduling him back in Southern California, but the thing you guys understand is Stan has been very sick on and off Yeah. outside of all the insanity that's been created. And I know that his health definitely in the last, the last rescheduling, but in the first, in the two summer slots, it was just a scheduling issue. First production, then Stan's schedule couldn't do it. And again, and, and I just want your, your viewers to know, because I don't want them to think poorly of the, uh, production on, on any level whatsoever the production asked also asked me to return and be in a brief cameo and i just didn't care i declined i said i just want to be there on set i'm a horrible actor um <laughs> i i i don't i i my, my buddies like robert kirkman from the walking dead and mark miller of kingsman they don't they're not in their movies and i think like rather than try and chase some stanley cameo you know that no one's ever going to catch I'm just happy to show up and witness it and be around and, and talk to Ryan and talk to Brolin. And, but uh, the Stan thing, again, it's it's really boring why he didn't show up. But it just it came down I to I was just going. curious. No, it's, it's, now, it's and, and, and story, I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, the, the Vanity Fair all Marvel Universe photo is the number one reason he's not in the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's incredible. Where else are you guys going to get Deadpool 2 insight like this? the week after the movie opens rob hey. is incredible and let's let's let rob take a, a drink of water and <laughs> refresh and we will transition from deadpool to spoiler talk to our game this week which um should, should i drink it should i drink it out of this of okay. course yeah, you right. should rob you should drink it out of water. water all right all right, all right ahead, this guys. week's game this week's game is hashtag fincher blend where we are going to debate the the best films of uh, David Fincher, and we've been talking on social media leading up into this week's show about how impossible this has been. The hard ones up until now have been so far. Spielberg was was really really difficult. Yes. Um, what other one was really hard? I don't know. Which ones do we struggle with? Kubrick, Spielberg, Noel Kubrick, Kubrick was, was easy. John Williams was easy. Williams was uh, not easy. I wrestled. Tom with Hanks that was for tough. A while. Tom Hanks, Hanks was, was tough. One. So anyway, yeah. we we have David Fincher. And we have an order, which makes me suggest that we don't all have the same pick. So I'm happy about that. And Kevin, you will be thrilled to know that you get to go first. Oh, so, really? Well, Rob, here's how it works. So we don't reveal our pick, but the rest of us get to guess what we think the other person, what we think they chose. So Kevin's in the hopper first. We Sean, all get can to I guess? guess. So I, I get to guess? You get to guess what you think Kevin picked. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. You can guess. Rob, you start us off and you guess what you think Kevin picked for Fincher. Zodiac. Okay. Good call. Jake? Yeah, he totally picked Zodiac. Man, I don't know. Um, 
He says it's his best film, but he doesn't really like it as much. Look at his eyes. His eyes say Zodiac Killer if I ever saw it. Yeah, you right. <laughs> it, it, it's probably Zodiac. All right, I'll say that too. Yeah, you guys are all right. I mean, like, Because yeah. <laughs> I looked in your eyes, Kevin. Here, the thing about Zodiac, um, I think it's the best film he's ever made from a filmmaking standpoint, a storytelling standpoint. Um, it's a movie I'll never watch again. Uh, oddly enough, it's That's very crazy. It's, it's so great, I, rewatchable. I can't handle it. It's it's too brutal. The beach stabbing scene is horrific to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, Rob knows what I'm talking about. That that that, that scene is just horrifying. Um, it's it, it's interesting. As I sat in that theater, I watched it, and, and I've been watching Fincher's work since I was in high school. I mean, Fight Club Seven. Seven is was a next choice for me. Uh, Fight Club, I, I was debating in my mind, but I think just from a filmmaking standpoint, a storytelling standpoint, a film that stayed with me more than any of his films was Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with the idea that we never found out who the killer really was in real life. Uh, the movie kind of le- lent you towards a certain subject and it leaves it open for you. It's it's very... it To me, the movie felt like an extension as to what people were going through at that time. And when you left the theater, that feeling of uncertainty and unease stayed with you as if the people were living in that time were dealing with that murder uh, storyline as well. So I just think that the performances, I mean, Gyllenhaal, um, you know, who that else? That cast, it's Downey Ruffalo, Jr. Downey, Gyllenhaal, Chloe, Sevigny, it everyone really is, amazing. It's a masterpiece. I mean, and, and, and it's, a, it's weird. It is a masterpiece. It's my pick, by the way. If I'm oh, Rob, at, if, we're gonna guess. No, if I'm if I'm looking at a bunch of Blu-rays oh, of Fincher's, <laughs> Fincher's movie, like I'm gonna put probably Fight Club on more than anything else because it's just so interestingly to watch and like and there's so many things to pick up on. Um, but I think Zodiac at the end of the day is the best movie he ever made, and it's a movie I'll probably will never watch ever again. It's just too hard to watch. Okay, but you I, need but, to, you also you need to change that. By the way, I just need to throw in here. And, uh, you need to watch it again, please. I've watched watch it multiple it times. I've seen it yeah, twice. Watch it it's just hard to watch, man. It's just so hard to watch. That beach scene, I have never felt stabbing in my stomach more than that scene ever in my life. And I, I, I'm gonna ex- I, I'm gonna expand on that when I get to me. Okay. All right. Well, it's it's also Who's it's next? also an amazing movie about how your obsessions can just go unfulfilled. Like Gyllenhaal's 100%. character is obsessed with the case, and it, everybody's it borderline ruins his life, and he yeah. never gets the answer that he wants. It's just a amazing. genuinely perfectly told story. Oh, that's so what. Great. That's what it is. That's and as you it. already said, as you already said, we need to point out it has a great Marvel cast of characters: Iron Man, yeah. Hulk, and now <laughs> Mysterio. Yes. 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 All right. So, Rob, why did you choose? Uh, why don't you tell us why you chose Zodiac? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I ruined the guessing game. I'm stupid. I'm, I'm tired. Uh, here's the deal: the the long and the short of it is, uh, Kevin hit it on the nose. First of all, I think it's paced magnificently. The the reveals and the slow you you feel Gyllenhaal going into descent. But I have a theory that I've always just um, gone by, not a theory, but a condition. If you can scare me to my bones in broad day- daylight, yep. you, when he, when they look up and he's there just yep. among the trees, mm-hmm. it, I'm still scared. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what Kevin said, the broad daylight scene, if, if, if you can, in the middle of a beautiful day on a lake, scare the bejesus out of me. Um, but it's more than that. I mean, that is the shock. But like you said, I think one of you, Sean, you might have said, the fact that the, the case has never been solved and just the way the movie ends also, and Gyllenhaal knows that's the guy. And we feel in our bones, that's the guy. And there's that entire scene with, uh, uh, he's the voice actor. He did, I think, uh, some stuff in Roger Rabbit, but he goes to visit him in his downstairs library and you think, Gyllenhaal's getting jacked right oh, now. Yeah. What's the yeah. line that he says where he says, not many people in California have basements? And that's when you go, yes. oh, Crap. Yes, you, yeah. I, I, like Kevin said, the mastery of suspense is Fincher at his finest. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. You guys go. All right. Or Jake, it's a horrifying movie. Jake, I'm told you are next. So we I'm all next. get to guess Jake's pick. Don't say anything. Yeah. Okay. Don't say anything. Right. Don't say anything. Um, Kevin, start. Who? What did Jake pick? I'm going to go with seven because I think, and, and that that's primarily the fact that J, uh, Jake and I constantly make this joke about what's in the box. And I think that, uh, I think that's probably good. What's in the box? I mean, by the way, is there, is there a better crying scene in a movie than the way Brad, nobody, nobody cries better than Brad Pitt in fight in seven. Nobody. He does that. He's like, like looks away, like stop. All right. That's my guess. Seven so for Jake. All right. I am going to actually guess that Jake picked the social network because I think that, uh, 
Jake has a signed copy of Aaron Sorkin's screenplay for potentially the social network. Is it the social network? Is that no, what he signed? No, it's actually, uh, Kevin was right. It's actually my pick is seven. Oh! Um, and, and, and here's, here's why. And cause, and here's, what's interesting about Fincher blend is that I wouldn't argue against anyone's pick. Kevin, by no means would I argue against Zodiac is, but it is absolutely fantastic. But you, you mentioned something really interesting and, and it's that you wouldn't watch Zodiac again. And whenever I was trying to pick, I had three Fincher movies I was choosing from. And all of them, I, I would have argued, had perfect direction. All of them had beautifully written screenplays. And all of them just had these really tense, incredible type performances. So I had to try to figure out what, what's the X factor that's going to tip one for me. And I think it, it's a little bit further down on the list, but rewatchability has to be, I think, a factor. And yeah. I, I think when they were all tied up, I would, re- I would sit and watch Seven on a loop before I would watch Zodiac. And I just yeah, think I that... I don't know how you could possibly watch Seven on a loop. I, I think Seven is just so tight. God. And it's just like a really quick run that you just sort of kind of try to bang out in like two hours and you feel really good about it. And what I love about it is that it does so much and it convinces you that it does something without actually doing. And that's actually uh, being violent. I know a lot of people that say, oh, it's one of the most violent films of all time. It's to which not. I always tell them, no, it's not. Yeah. You don't see John Doe kill anyone. Very much yep. like uh, people that swear that you can see the needle going to Uma Thurman's chest in Pulp Fiction. You can't. But great great filmmaking makes you think that you can. Everyone thinks that you see John Doe do all the, you know. In fact, the only murder you see is of John Doe. Yeah. And right. I just think it's so incredibly well done. I think Fincher, the fact that. He created this. He never. You never find out what city you're in. It's in this really weird, like New York City that's somehow surrounded yeah. by desert. It's like this Those fictional buildings. world. It's it's just, I just this assume it's really San Francisco. haunting. Um, I I don't know. They never say. Yeah. Um, have you guys have you guys ever paused the final scene when they show? Oh, well, you see the head? yeah, you see the head. But you, it's not. You, you think it's not. It's her just head. her. It's, it's just, just her. Photo. Right, yeah. you like with the way Fincher edits that. You think you're looking at her severed head. It's actually just a shot of her, like in a happy moment. No like, like, on, it, 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 pause it when, when you watch Seven again. Pause it on that frame. It's because that's when he just, starts to cry. Because that, that's right. what he's thinking of. Yeah, so it's a normal I mean, photo of her. I was between uh, Social Network, Zodiac, and Seven. Uh, they were all kind of had the very similar qualities in terms of what defines a best. And the X factor for me was the fact that Seven to me just has a much more watchability factor, which normally doesn't matter. But when I had to pick between the three, that's I'd much rather watch Seven over. I mean, guys, look, I have a signed copy of, of <laughs> Social Network. I'd much rather watch, you know, I'd much rather watch uh, Seven before I would watch Social Network or Zodiac but I, again. I couldn't watch Seven again. I mean, Seven Seven is a is a brilliant film. It's, it's similarly with Zodiac. I put seven on no question again over Zodiac, but seven again. There's another moment in that film yeah. that just I cannot. I had nightmares, and it's it's the lust moment yeah. with the the sto- And again, like Jake said, it's almost like the shark in Jaws. It's what you don't see that scares the crap yeah. out of you, and the imagery of like not showing the, the pictures. Knife. Oh, like, remember like we kinda, you almost have to sort of like look at the screen and see what the yeah. pictures are. And it's and I, I'm a big fan of bad guys winning. Uh, and I think that's maybe the best case of a bad guy winning in cinema mm-hmm. history. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. I am last. You guys get to guess. I think you chose Social Network. Fight Club. Uh, I'm going to go. What you, what's Rob say? Fight Club? Rob said Fight Club. I'm going to go seven as well. Kevin is correct. I also Whoa! went seven. I yeah. also went seven. And here's why. So this is what, and Rob, we have this conversation whenever we play this game. There's a huge difference between best and your favorite, right? Like you, you automatically want to defer to what yes. your favorite is, but it might not be the best. And so when trying to figure out what defines a David Fincher movie, he doesn't always do this, but I think Fincher loves police procedurals. I think he loves getting into yeah. the an investigation, whether it's Gone Girl, whether it's... Um, <laughs> mine hunters mine hunters mine, exactly. mine hunters yeah. oh my gosh oh, brilliant whether it's yeah. his adaptation of girl with the dragon tattoo he loves right. getting into a police procedural and i think seven is his leanest and meanest yeah. uh interpretation of that type of movie um i think with I, I almost went social network and obviously zodiac jesus of course zodiac um which is the ultimate police procedural movie uh the thing so about good. social network as good as it is i i it's directed beautifully, but a lot of it is Sorkin. 
Uh, yeah. You know, it's that dialogue. Yeah, it's that dialogue. Really and so, uh, and, and, and just the, the reveal of John Doe in seven is brilliant. The interplay of the two cops is brilliant. It almost takes like the buddy cop formula, but then strips all the comedy out of it and puts you in this uh, position with these two partners. It's such a trope, you know, the retiring detective and the young pup who's at his heels. And it just, it makes the best version of that type of story. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, we joke about what's in the box because it's the ending that's, that's that and usual suspects came out around the same time. I remember. And each of those had endings that just were both Kevin Spacey endings. Both Kevin Spacey I mean, endings, and they both just you, blew audiences away. You touched on it, and Kevin touched on it. Jake, you touched on it, too. I mean, the, here's the bottom line. Uh, and I actually, just listening to all you guys, Fincher has maybe, I, I'm thinking this now, I'm trying to digest it. I mean, obviously, I had to put it up against guys like Kubrick and Spielberg. But he has, like, there's nothing I would change in Zodiac. There's nothing I would change in Seven. They are perfect films. Yeah, yeah. They, they are flawless. When you go, oh, it should have had this... We all walk out of movies that go, oh, it could have, it should have, it, you know. He has these perfectly constructed films that you, you, I mean, Zodiac, again, for me, I guess there was more maybe surprises, tension, whatever, but Seven is a perfect movie. It's a it perfect, is. there yeah. is, it is a flawless film from beginning to end. And yeah. now that I think of it, he may have more than anybody. He may have actually more movies that are like flawless right. than him any and, single. Maybe him and Tarantino, maybe. I'm trying, uh, it's funny yes. because like, yes. Yeah, because let's think of, let, I mean, I think we can all agree Fincher's classics. He probably has five of them, right? So we go Fight Club, Seven, Zodiac. Um, Gone Girl. I think Gone Girl's Gone Girl is the only one. Perfect. It's a flawless movie. Yes, I agree with you. Gone Girl is another one that was a really, yeah. really interesting slow burn, but oh. like meticulously directed. I remember, because uh, we all know Fincher does a ton of takes of, uh, of everything he does. But the one that blew my mind the most was the the Neil Patrick or the, there was a uh, a scene that happens on a bed where someone dies. Which what, what character Patrick dies? Yeah, Neil Patrick. Right. Neil pa- yes, yes. Yeah. So they did that. I want to say over thirty times, and they had to redress the bed. Yeah. Every well, they had four time. beds. They had four That's beds. Oh my god! On the right. set. So they, they would just keep moving out. from set to set. And then they would put this weird. Uh, ointment on their bodies so the fake blood didn't stain their skin so they could reshoot it. Right. And I was just like, the, the people can make fun of Fincher all they want for the number of takes he does. I know he did record 99 takes on the opening of Social Network, which is right. which is fine. I know certain. I, I remember hearing a story that Robert Downey Jr. did not particularly love working with him because of the because of that uh, realm of different takes. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's it. The guy knows what he's looking for. And he knows what he wants, and it works. I mean, I don't. I can't think of a bad. And everyone talks crap about Alien Three. I did not hate Alien Three. It has problems, yes, but I don't hate that movie. I yeah. don't think he's made a bad movie. He's not made a bad film in my in you know my what, mind. Aliens Three problem is Alien and Aliens. It, it's right. actually competing against two masterpieces, <laughs> which right. it holds up remarkably well. It's just not. It's the one time Fincher yeah. is up against two guys who who. who they, they their their movies are crafted so brilliantly, but yeah, like you said, Aliens Three is a great watch. I'm it's an just, Aliens guy. I'm a, I've, I've, and I'm weird. Me too. I mean, I'm with you, man, because I, I've always been. And it's funny because one's a horror film, one's an action movie, and I I, I personally. Aside James Cameron, James Cameron's the reason I fell in love with cinema. I mean, Terminator Me Two changed, changed my life. It really did. So I just. I just I want him to get away from the avatars and just go back. I know, I know Rob, you and I discussed this on Twitter. You're an avatar guy. Oh, I'm, huge! I, Don't even start with me, McCarthy. <laughs> Don't even. I, I You're enjoyed, on the wrong podcast, dude. I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching everybody eat their shit over Avatar. I remember there is a prominent comic book writer. I, there is a comic, a prominent comic book writer who came out of a Thursday night preview and mocked it. Oh, yeah, dragons versus versus uh, versus robots. Oh, this is going to tank. And I just, every week I wanted to say, how you feel, dumb shit? Like, like how's that feel? Having Cameron piss down your, your throat. Like, don't underestimate. Dude, and I'm, Kevin, I'm invested in, in that. I, I love You're, the Are journey. you all in on the and, new ones? You're all in? You can't wait for these? I, I, yes, I, I will not subscribe to this new... <laughs> Dude, you guys are all batshit crazy. I have kids. They love those. You are missing out on the fact that my kids were five and six and nine, and that. they remember those movies. You you better believe they'll be first in line. 
You better believe that they had a resonance with those people. I love, have you looked at the amount of business that movie did? Because I don't like saying money. It's $2.7 billion, dollars. yeah. Hey, yeah. Nothing's shaking that anytime soon, Infinity War. Um, no. Sorry. sorry. I, I thought the closest anyone would get was them. Hi, we have 30 Marvel characters and yeah. Thanos. And, you know, it's Cameron's true. sitting there going, ain't gonna cut it. Rob, ain't I'm gonna, gonna play devil's advocate, and I'm gonna say that very rarely does box office and quality equate to the same thing. No, no, no. I, that's why I said business. No. Business. Here's the thing, Jake. Jake, people went back again and again and again and again and again. You cannot underestimate. That movie was number one for two months. That is not, there is no, unless he is some wizard level sorcerer who casts spells on everyone, there is something in, when those movies come out, and I think everybody forgets, man, when you see Sully amass his armies, join the tribes, and they meet in the sky on those asteroids, I'm getting the goosebumps! Cameron (laughs) is a freaking wizard! And Rob, you know what it is? Rob, you know what's even more amazing? This is the most amazing box office stat ever, is do you know who James Cameron beat? To, to take the top crown with Avatar? Himself. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> still sitting at number one and two saying. That's and insane. Dude, you, Kevin, Kevin, I'm going to tell you, because you're a young pup. You're all young pups. In 1997, 96, so you remember they moved. They they moved. What percentage am I? Am I going to blink? If I blink out, it's because my iPad died. Gotcha. Um, here's the deal. Um, uh, they, they moved from Christmas 96 to, uh, no, no, they moved from summer 96 to Christmas 96, Titanic. And in the Hollywood trades, out here in the physical Hollywood trades, there was no internet, cover of Daily Variety, they had an iceberg at the top every day and the the boat moved closer to the iceberg and it was Titanic watch. And the entire (laughs) industry was betting on him tanking. Will Smith and I were selling a movie at the time and we went to Bill Mechanic, the president of Fox's house, and he was literally miserable over the amount of money they were going to lose on Titanic. And wow. every day, wow. what if what, you want to talk about an industry? You want to know why he said I'm king of the world? Because he knew every day you people printed up trades yep. with a boat getting closer to an iceberg, the foreshadowing that I'm going to wipe out. And instead, I wiped you out. Yep. And yeah. no, dude, he is a samurai Jedi master. <laughs> and Jake, you and I are going to watch Avatar together. Russ. Hey, you. Let me say, let me say, let me say. Can, we, can it be Fern Gully or Pocahontas when we do? <laughs> Those movies suck. That's the good version. The good version. Rob, let me, say, let, me, good let, version. Me, let me say one thing. All right, so James Cameron, and, and this is, this. I guess this will be a quote-unquote unpopular opinion aspect of our show, but I, uh, James Cameron is my favorite filmmaker in regards to the person that got yeah. me into this business. So I'm talking Abyss, T1, T2, me too. Aliens, uh, Titanic. True Lies. True Lies. True, true lies. lies. I'm James Cameron. Yes. I'm going to do a James Bond movie yes. and not call it James Bond. Thank you. I love True Lies. <laughs> so you're talking to somebody who's obsessed with James Cameron. Yep. Uh, yep. I admired what he did with Avatar. My problem he with had Avatar. No, he had no influence on me, Kevin. He had no influence on me whatsoever. Okay, go ahead. No, but, and I love the John Connor joke in uh, Deadpool 2. But, um, what's, me too. What's, what's great about the Avatar debate, in my personal opinion. I, I know, I know. But hear me hear me out, Rob. Hear me out. So with Avatar, and I'm, I don't know if you agree with me or not, I think that he spent more time on the technology and what he mm-hmm. was building to make than he did on the script. I just felt the script was lacking. I didn't particularly care for certain characters. I am okay. all in. I'm all in to see if he if he can improve on it in the second one. And listen, I am nobody. I, I know nothing. I mean, no, I, I you're come- Kevin. You're Kevin Dan McCarthy. But, you I, you are Kevin. <laughs> you have an opinion. You have a platform. Look, man, I I am aware. This is perfect. I'm the lower square. I don't know how this is going to read when you guys edit this. I'm at the bottom. Nobody Avatar now is as Jake has framed it. A movie that no one respects. Everyone disrespects. I get it, been there, done that myself. Uh, I would not underestimate him on any on any oh. level. And, and here's the deal, I like I Jake Sully's journey. I like his journey and how he, I, 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 again, I watched it, I only vocalized it on Twitter because I had rewatched it on HBO that night. 
and I could not believe that I'm still as engaged and I own that movie on every platform. Yeah. Every stinking new DVD they put out. Oh yeah, okay, here we go. Oh, 4K? That's cool. Boom! So yeah. <laughs> I think like, I, like, I'm knocking <laughs> it. Like, things, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it holds no place in pop culture, which is I think okay. uh, in the sense that like I don't often hear people quoting it. By, by no means do I think it's a bad movie. I think what he did on the screen is magnificent and and set ripple Visually. waves that we yeah. saw uh, for the next part of, the, of, a, of, a, of a decade. I just think that for a movie that holds the number one uh, spot yeah. on the box office, it's not like the Titanic. We're not getting on a boat and going right. to the front and screaming king of the world. There's no aspect in life where I find myself quoting Avatar and then everyone goes, oh, that's that quote from Avatar. Okay. Titanic being number one, I would I would understand that because Titanic is a great movie. And I mm-hmm. and I think, but I, can we all at least agree that Deadpool 2 is better than Avatar? Please. I would agree yes. to that. Can we please agree with that? 100%. Yes. Uh, oh, Rob, what are you doing? Rob's the one person that says no. Okay. Okay. Good. Yes. We'll okay. take it. I mean, uh, to be Rob, fair, they're all 20th century Fox movies. So either way, they they're ahead yeah. of Fox. Uh, they're, look, they're sitting look, pretty right I, now. I do agree. I said um, back when I had first seen uh, the cut of Deadpool 2 and people asked me, I, I, and we already alluded to this, I only compared Deadpool 1 to Alien because Aliens was this much bigger movie where Deadpool 1, we all know it was made on a shoestring budget. People still, like $56 million is nothing in Hollywood. And I was there on those sets. They were derelict, empty warehouses, rundown bars. Kevin, when I got... To Deadpool 2, and I saw, you mean we have two sound stages? Like, they're giant airport hangers, and there's two sets on each stage, and so two cool. of them are running simultaneously. Ah, oh, I knew oh, that was gonna happen! We I lost knew them. it! Oh, what it was he said his power? I knew that was gonna happen. All right. But, it was a, but everything <laughs> up to that was awesome. He's no, such for, a good Can I just guy. say, too, is incredible. that for, th- this is probably the, the best case of, if you're not watching us live and watching the, the Facebook video live, you missed out on a ton because because Rob was doing a lot of stuff yes. for the camera that, uh, unfortunately, yeah. those listening on the podcast just through audio mi- are missing out on. All right, but let's wrap. Let's, yeah. let's wrap. We have we have a, most of it. We have almost all of it. So we have to thank. We're all we're all thanking Rob Liefeld for joining yeah. this episode of Real Blend. This was incredible. We had amazing Deadpool conversation. We had awesome. amazing David Fincher conversation. It transitioned into incredible James Cameron conversation. We we got to get him back for Cameron Blend whenever we end ooh, up doing it because I think Cameron he'd be, well, he'd be amazing Cameron for that one. Uh, Rob Le- Rob is at at Robert Liefeld. Uh, L I I E F E L D at Robert Liefeld on Twitter. Please give him a follow if you haven't already. And if you love Deadpool, why wouldn't you? Um, he's incredible. He's an amazing guest. We're so happy that he joined us for this. Um, next week, we are going to do a special episode uh, after Solo. And our hashtag is going to be I think I mentioned this to Jake. Um, we're going to do hashtag Star Wars Blend. Star Wars Blend. But here's the trick you got to do your, <laughs> you got to do the top three. You got to pick your top three Star Warses. Star Wars's Star Wars I Stars's Wars Star Y. Thank you, Star Y. So drop your picks on Twitter using hashtag Star Wars Blend. Uh, Jake, as we wrap up, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Jake's Takes, or if you look up the most recent uh, Harry Award winner, yeah, uh, you'll also find. It's another an reason you should be watching this on Facebook is that you can see Jake's amazing hair. Um, Kevin also has award worthy hair. Kevin, where can they yes. find you? Uh, you can find me at Avatar is not great uh, on on Twitter and at Deadpool Two is better than Solo on Twitter. And because uh, I'm the old man in the group losing my hair, I get no such award for this. Um, I'm at Sean underscore Connell. Drop you have us a wonderful Windows Peak, sir. Thank you. Uh, on iTunes, um, on Spotify, on Google Play, on all those great places where you can get podcasts. We'll be back next week where we are going to talk solo in depth. We're going to try to have a guest for that one too. So tune in then. And thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Rob, again. And we'll talk to you next week. Dunkirk! Yep. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.